Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive. Hello, and welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. I am Rachel Marshall, along with my co-host, Bruce Weiner. And today we have a special guest with us, Martha Krejci. Martha, welcome to the show. Oh man, thank you. Super excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. So if you are listening to this podcast, possibly you even recognize Martha's name or her face. She's kind of a big deal. So let me tell you a little bit about what she does, and then we're going to hear the rest from you directly, Martha. So if you are working from home or wanting in any capacity to be building a life with your family and also making millions, this is a conversation for you. Now, Martha has done that and she's going to tell you all the ins and outs, but she was in a position where she made her first million, I believe, in the first six months in business and was in a position not only to help herself to grow and reach her goals, but then she was helping others to grow and reach their goals and not in a salesy, weirdo kind of way. So Martha, I really, really appreciate you being here and being willing to share your story. And I'm just going to say, if anyone is in a position where they're either working a nine to five job, or they're in a position of trying to build a business, and it's not being as quickly successful as they had hoped, really, this is a conversation for you to listen to. Martha has not only gone from corporate world nine to five to being a home multimillionaire in the blink of an eye. And also she has no college degree and she's done it without ads, which is huge. And so that's why you're going to learn from her and be able to learn how to do this from her as well. So Martha, thank you again so much for joining us. Oh gosh, thank you. This is going to be fun. So can you kind of wind us back to the beginning where for you kind of came the idea Hey, I really want to do well and and something isn't working in my current life and I want more. Where where did that start for you? Yeah. So it started I mean, it's always been any of us entrepreneurs, we know that we felt the tug probably since we were kids. You know, I had what I remember I was, you know, gosh, nine or 10 years old and wanted to set up an entire fair. I lived in the country. So I lived on a farm. I wanted to set up an entire fair across the street from my house. Nice. <laughs> I like went through all of the, okay, I need tickets. I need this. I need, like there was the whole, it, you know, th- so if we look back, we've always had something that drove us to some crazy <laughs> thoughts. And, uh, and so I've always had that, but we're really, you know, where the the rubber really met the road, so to speak, is I was working in a a big tech company for a little over five years in their leadership, um, you know, division, I guess. And um, as I was, as I was going through that, I had my daughter, my husband and I took, it took us a really long time to even be able to have our girl. Mm. And so I had my baby. And then one day it, it was just like, it was like a movie almost. So I was sitting in my carpeted cubicle, smelled like the 60s. I think a lot of us know of that cubicle or have seen that cubicle, or if you've ever watched Office Space, <laughs> the cubicle is in that movie probably. So I was sitting in that cubicle. I had my little, you know, my little quotes around me that got me through the day, my pictures of my family and all of that stuff. And on my, on my phone, I saw a video come through. And you know how you just see a thumbnail of the video at first before you push it. Um, I saw the thumbnail and it was my daughter on her feet. And that had never happened before. I was like, oh my gosh. And I couldn't watch the video while I was you know, out on the floor. So I had to actually go to the bathroom to watch this video, which is silly. But anyway, I went in the bathroom and pushed play on the video. And it was my daughter taking her very first steps. Her, <laughs> They were like clumpy and pigeon toed. And I saw her face and it was getting all, you know, it was excited. And it was also like, am I doing this right? There's all of these things that are probably going through this little human's mind that is now on her feet, like a whole different perspective. And I was, I had the bathroom mirror in front of me and you know how 
we, whenever we see our kid's face or just another human's face, we, we usually mirror that. Mm-hmm. And so I was seeing her face and then I saw myself in the mirror and my face, like I, w- I looked up at myself and I was so excited. I saw <laughs> myself mirroring her face and then everything in that moment, I was super excited. And then everything just like <sighs> crashed down because I realized that that human interaction of mirroring, which is so necessary for kids to get you know, to know that they're doing it right. And, and all of that, right. That human connection of mirroring wasn't actually happening. Mm-hmm. It was, I saw it, but what she saw was a phone that she was walking to. Right. And so she wasn't walking toward mom. And in that moment, it was just like everything blacked out from the outside in. And I just kept hearing this thing that said like, not right or wrong, but are you okay with this? Like, are you okay with missing this stuff? You're going to keep missing these things. This is just the first step. You know, this is just the first one, but you're going to keep missing stuff like this. And in that moment, I decided, no, I'm not okay with it. Now on paper, this didn't look like a good choice (laughs) because on paper, I was the only breadwinner of my family. So me, my husband, my daughter, I had already brought my husband home from work and he was with our daughter. Okay. And then his parents moved in with us because his dad was in his seventies and had just lost his job. And in your seventies, you don't go get another job. And so they had moved in with us. We had just bought this really expensive house. So had a big mortgage and, uh, and I held insurance on the family. So on paper, not a great choice to just (laughs) up and quit your job. Right. And so, uh, I just decided that I had to. And so I, I, you know, I went back to my desk, felt like a caged animal because I had no sick time. I could not leave and completely felt just stuck. Right. And start my mind started churning. I was like, I've got to make a change here. If I don't change right now, I'm never going to, because if this catalyst that just happened to me right now doesn't do it, I don't know what will. Cause this is so dynamic. And so I was on my way home. You know how, you know how you get whenever you're, you're expecting an argument to, to happen <laughs> and you're like, okay, so if he says this, I'm going to say this. And if he says this, I'm going to say this. <laughs> and then, and then he's going to say this. And then I'm going to say, and I had it all worked out because I'm a strategist. Right. So it doesn't stop with business. It goes on into conversations too. And so I was prepared you know, for a total meltdown because essentially my husband is the way I describe him is he's the guy that holds the string to my balloon. He mm-hmm. is, he is stoic. He is solid, but he's also, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Logical. And so I walk in the door, right. Walk in the door, set down my keys in my purse, look at him. And I say, I'm going to quit my job (laughs) and I'm going to start an agency. And without skipping a beat, this is what this man says to me. If you don't do this, you're not only doing yourself a disservice, but everybody else around you. And I was like, (gasps) it just came out of this man's face. That doesn't like, he doesn't, he doesn't talk like that. A but that's not, those aren't even ideals to him. Like he's, he's like, but what about, you know, reality? And, uh, and so for him to say that, that's how I knew that I had to take this step because there was something else at play here. There was something Mm -hmm. else going on and I was just going to lean into it. We leaned into it within the first month I was making what I made at my job. And so we never skipped a beat. And then we just, we kept growing and, and here we are today. Martha, I felt that as you were sharing the story. I think probably any mom who has a child at any point can imagine that story and can feel it. I mean, I thankfully did see my children's first steps, but I can feel exactly where you are, you were at. And I mean, that is a tremendous challenge to not be able to be there for the moments that you so deeply crave. And yet it's that tension, right? Of how do I also create this thing in business? And I think, 
I would dare to say a lot of people feel that I have to choose one or the other and I can't have both. And I think that is not a reality. I think that if we leaned into the question, but what if I can, what if I can have both? What if I can create this tremendous income and this tremendous business, this tremendous success? And also I can have this amazing relationship with my family and I can be there and I can see those moments that all of a sudden starts opening up this huge window of possibility. So let's go ahead and jump forward then into you had this really, really quick success in business. Was it luck? Was it strategy? Was it a a little bit of both? Where did that come from for you? Yeah. And so let me, let me explain the quick success was, it was after years and then there was quick success. So the, the, the quick success happened when I realized a strategy, that is when I went from like, uh, what was our normal to like, super quick. So it didn't happen right away. Just to, I want to clarify that it wasn't like the within six months, it was within the first year of implementing this new strategy, which was actually three, three years ago, I think at this point. And so I started, I'm going to pause you just for a second, because do you know how many people I've heard say overnight success in 35 years? I mean, the real (laughs) truth is the real truth is, I mean, if we're honestly gut level, honest, yeah. Anybody who has built success, there is a foundation beneath that, that they have had to do some work inside yes. of themselves. They've had to do a lot of self-reflection, a lot of self-discovery, a lot of shedding off old beliefs, a lot of figuring out new things and becoming the person who is capable of creating that success. And then that's when things skyrocket. And it is very interesting that you share that. And I did not want anyone to hear the story and miss that. So I just wanted to highlight yeah. that. It's my favorite thing. My favorite thing is the struggle. Is that weird? Like a lot of people like to illuminate the success. My favorite thing is illuminating the struggle because let's make that let's normalize it. Mm -hmm. Let's normalize that. That's what's necessary. Instead of acting like you need to be, you know, I'm not a dude sitting on the front of a Ferrari saying you're going to be successful in 30 days, right? Like maybe you will, I don't know. That's not a promise. You have to, you have to do the work, right? You have to make sure that you're ready for this success because even if you get successful quickly, it won't be sustained success because then all of your kickers are going to start hitting all of your, like, I'm not worth it. And all of the stories you were told and you believed whenever you were younger, whether they were malicious or not half the time, they're not right. But all of those things that you believed are going to start kicking in and then it's going to just yank you right back down like a crab in a bucket. But, um, (laughs) but I love, I I love the struggle. That's like my favorite part, but yeah. So what we did is we started an agency. Um, SEO is what I started with because I'm just naturally, I have a weird cellular understanding of SEO. It's really bizarre. Um, and for people that don't know what SEO is, it's search engine optimization. It's how you move to the top of um, the Googles. But mm-hmm. that's that was the agency that I started because I was like, that's something that I'm really good at. So that's something that I could do for people. And then I just joined the local chamber of commerce and which is like 200 bucks a year or something. I joined the Chamber of Commerce and started going to meetings and then started doing trainings for business owners. And a cool thing is that you can train business owners on a lot of things. Business owners don't have time to do that stuff nor do they want to. And so then they're going to hire the person that trained them on it if you've trained if you've, you know, shown authority in the field. And so that's how within the first month we, you know, we didn't skip a beat because I already had a handful of clients that were basically paying my old paycheck. And then I was able to do work for them. And then since then, what we've done is we've just bobbed and weaved. And so we've seen where needs were. So like our, I guess our formula, and I've never really shared this before, but our formula is what do people need and what do we enjoy doing for them? Right. And how can we make them do one of these? And so that that sweet spot in the middle for of anyone like a not watching and who might just be listening, do one of these was oh. merge together or weave <laughs> together. So thank go you. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm 
so sorry. I'm That's so used okay. to video. That yes. is great. I'm so glad well, you video that. in almost every capacity, except on the podcast channel. Go ahead. Oh man. I love it. So, uh, so yeah. So it's almost like a Venn diagram and that, that little peapod in the middle, right? That's the space. So what do they need? What do we love giving them? And what do we love doing for them? How do they need an intersect in the middle? That is what we delivered. And it, and And that has even bobbed and weaved with what that is for people. And eventually we came out of agency model into teaching model. And now we've gone back into agency as, as one of the arms of our business, but like that's, it's, it's an interesting thing when you allow yourself to continue growing, then you don't have to, you're not you're not ever pigeonholing yourself. So there's a lot of people that are, they're scared of the pivot. Mm-hmm. They think that if they pivot, what is everybody else going to think? Is Are these people going to think that I'm a failure now, now that I'm going this other direction or I'm doing this new thing? They put way too much weight on what people might be thinking, which likely they are not anyway, but they put way too much weight on that. They don't actually pivot and then their business dies. I think that's where a lot of the business death comes from is just simply being afraid to pivot because pivot is growth. I just went Mm -hmm. down a whole rabbit hole there. Sorry. No, that was beautiful. And actually I'm sure Bruce has some thoughts on this as well, but what's really interesting is that in order to pivot, you have to say, I'm completing or I'm finishing or I'm ending something. You have to be willing to let go of that thing in order to pursue something new, which is deciding, right? And as we make that pivot, we're not only being responsive, which is what a true entrepreneur is, being responsive to the environment, to the the changes in the economy, the changes in somebody's particular needs at that time and figuring out a way to serve them best. And that's really what business is all about. That is truly serving their needs. It's not this is who I am and I'm not changing. So I think when people see you pivot, then they realize that you can meet their needs and you can be responsive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Martha, as I was watching some of your YouTube videos, one of them came across as time blocking. Yeah. And it reminded me of Dan Sullivan's uh, time blocking situation. I don't know if you've ever followed anything of Dan Sullivan with strategic coach. But what, you're, but what you're describing is what he calls a ceiling of complexity. Oh. So what it, what he, what ends up happening in your business, sometimes you pivot out of need. In other words, COVID would be an example of that, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you you weren't doing all that well because of COVID. So you had to pivot and do something else and change. Another Another thing that happens that causes change is actually success. And that's a and that's a weird thing for people to realize. But you actually go up as far as your revenue, but then you hit a ceiling of complexity. It's like I can't take any more, you know, clients. The clients that I have, I can't serve anymore either because I've outgrown them or they've outgrown me. Mm-hmm. And so you have to actually put new procedures. You you end up just uh, flattening out. And he says it's easier to grow ten times than it is to grow two times. And the reason for that is you actually have to break down all your procedures mm-hmm. and do a completely different uh, strategy going forward. And so yes. it sounds like it's that's what you're talking about is, you know, pivoting shouldn't be a place that you're afraid of or, you know, what are people going to think? And I agree with you. Most people don't even pay attention to what other people are doing. Right. It's it's kind of our own eagle getting in the, in the way, but uh, it sounded very familiar. And I would encourage you to look him up and because it sounds like you're very well aligned. With That's the awesome. Process. That's I've I've heard of him and I've seen some of his stuff. I know some friends of mine. Uh, he's a mentor for some friends of mine. Mm-hmm. So I'll definitely I'll definitely look him up. That's there's also another thing alongside that idea, and it's that. When you get a success, having success be um, kind of your pivot point is that some people, they hit success, like we could have done it where we're, you know, you're making a bunch of money and whatever, and then you move out of offense to defense. And so then you are just protecting this thing. 
And in protecting the thing, that's where you flatline. And then any flatline starts going down. Just mm-hmm. a, the, the idea of a flatline is already going down. You're growing, you're dying, right? And so when you go into defense of your business and protecting the business, you stop playing offense. And so you stop growing, you stop thinking of the new things that people need because people are so dynamic and are always in every capacity needing new things. They just always do. And so when we go in protection of our business, it's like, that's the beginning of the end right there. So if people can recognize that they're going into protection mode, then be able to snap out of that and realize that that ain't going to serve them. This is fascinating. You know, another thing, and this comes from many different coaches that I follow, but this idea that what got you there is the opposite of what's needed to get you to the next level. And where for you then did you recognize in your own growth and, and where is this thing that you teach people that perhaps working really hard, just putting in a lot of time, doing all the things, following all the strategies, saying yes to everything. Where do you see that needing to stop so that you can be more focused and do that maybe one thing that energizes you and do the the thing that is most strategic that maybe looks completely different than your previous doing everything to get to the first level of success? Yeah. I don't ever think we should be doing everything anyway. So what I, what I teach is, I mean, you essentially, you work five to 10 hours a week once all your stuff is set up. And so the, the doing everything is a lot of wheels spinning in my opinion. And some people would, would say, well, it's strategic in that you're throwing spaghetti at the wall and you're going to see, you know, what sticks and that sort of thing. And it's a numbers game. And that's fine if you uh, are a masochist, (laughs) but um, for, for me, I would rather do the things that I know are going to work. And the only way that I'm going to know that something's going to work is by building a community of my people and literally paying attention to what they're saying. Uh, so the the quality of your results are based on the quality of your questions, right? And mm-hmm. so asking your community questions that are important, asking them what they're needing, what they're looking for, bringing up ideas and seeing what the feedback is on it, seeing what people are self-identifying as necessary for them. And this can be done in any business. This isn't just coaching, consulting courses and digital products, this can be done in anything. I don't care if you're an insurance salesman or whatever, you can create a community around your actual people and see what they're curious about, see what they're needing to know about, what are they feeling in the dark about, and then serve that up for them. And so the strategy here is really so simple. So like I said before, I grew up on a farm and my my whole my whole business journey has actually taken it old school again. So there's there's a lot to be said for automation and that's cool and everything. What we really need to do is we need to build good relationships, good mm-hmm. solid actual relationships with mm-hmm. our people and with our community because whenever we can do that, they're going to give us honest feedback and they're not just giving us honest feedback in order to help us in our business. They're giving us honest feedback because we serve them and they are loyal to us. And that beats out anything. That's why we don't run ads. We don't need to, right? Like it's a grassroots thing that's happening so far as the growth of our own business is concerned. So the one thing that you focus on is the one thing that matters to them. It's as easy as that. That's excellent. It's interesting how many people would agree with you as well. And um, Mike Michalowicz talks about the same thing, talking to your specific tribe not serving everybody, using your uniqueness to serve them, not trying to be everything, and then developing systems that work for that particular person and your specific skill set. And that is his Venn diagram of finding the sweet spot. What's just really, really interesting is that I think it can be enamoring to somebody to think, I can just automate something and I can press a button and it's easy and I don't have to do anything. Because somehow we get into our psychology that 
well, success should be easy and I should just be able to automatically do something and not have to work. There's the other side where we think, well, if I just work really hard, I'm going to be successful. And really neither of those are the right answer. You are hitting on the right answer, which is do the thing that works. And what works is honestly, as you're saying, going back to the grassroots, going back to the old school way of doing things. And I don't think that ever ads or automation was meant to replace the relationship, yet many people have tried to make it do that. Mm. Yes. There's a it's there's an easy button and there's a lazy button. <laughs> and I feel like the lazy button is the one where they're like they're trying they're trying to print their lotto ticket, you know? And they see they see you like these gurus sitting on the front of Ferraris, right? And saying, well, all you have to do is this and all you have to do is that. And they're like, okay, because what was it? It was Ayn Rand that said people believe things for one of two reasons, because they are scared that it's true or because they need for it to be true. And so people need for it to be true that they can just automate and run ads and stuff like that, because then they can see, they can predict their success because they need for it to be true. That's, that's why they would need. And really, whenever it comes down to it, people are people and they're dynamic and they're ever changing based on their own, you know, what's around them. And so there was a time where ads did well. And now we're seeing another time, <laughs> but there was a time where ads did well. And then people got used to it and people are now they're not wanting to be sold to, and they never really wanted to be sold to anyway, but they were, they were allowing it a little bit more, but now they're just, you see sponsored next to something and people are not clicking on it simply because of that. And honestly, the, even having sponsored next to something is showing them that you're not you're not organically reaching them. And so it's a whole nother it's it's a weird psychological thing that happens whenever people see ads these days. It's almost like they don't you don't get as much authority if you're running ads whereas before people were using ads as a way to gain authority. And now it's like the opposite is happening, but you just have to, you always have to pay attention to what's happening in the, in the world and in the digital world and people's experience, because that is constantly changing on a daily basis. So we always need to be re-upping what, what is, what is different today? What are people seeing today? And how can I be seen as the authentic and transparent person that I really am? And nine times out of 10, just be that person. You know, just be that publicly on your social media and digitally and that sort of thing. So, Martha, this is just a fascinating conversation. And I think you're probably hitting home to anybody. I'm sitting here thinking, well, I feel there's there was a time we ran ads, then we're definitely not using them right now. And there's also the same feeling that I have when I see the sponsor next to something. And and it's interesting that I think we honestly know what isn't working, and yet we try to continue to make something work. Even when we feel that it's not congruent with who we are, then that brings us out of alignment. And then we feel weird and strange about the tactics that we're using that don't feel right. And when it doesn't feel right to you, it does not feel right to the person receiving it either. So talk to us more, whatever you're willing to share about what you did find in terms of the secret to using social media in a non-ad way to build that grassroots movement and build the authentic relationships. Yeah. What are you willing to share about that? Oh, I'm an open book. I'll share it all as long as much time as we have. Go ahead. So I, <laughs> so what, what I've discovered is I, I reverse engineered what an ad does. Okay. So I'm actually, the funny thing here is that I'm actually really good at running ads. If I were to run them, I got really good at them. Because I, way back in the day, like I was running them for people and whatever. So there was a strategy that I was using with ads. And then I was like, how do I reverse engineer this strategy into organic? Mm. How do I pull that strategy out, still make it work, but run it as organic? So we're actually building relationships. And so what I have come up with, a, a part anyway, of what I have come up with is 
top of funnel or the very first way anybody would get to know me is going to be a video that I would do on social media. So earlier I said, well, I'm so used to doing videos all the time. That's because I'm literally on videos every hunking day. So Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I have a, I guess you could call it a show. And I show up and it's only 10 to 15 minutes long. Sometimes I get long-winded and I start to push 20, <laughs> but it's it's really, really short. But what I do is I think of who my person is. So I have a, a whole formula on determining who your person is, right? And I can go through that if you want, but you you think of who your person is and then what you're going to do for them, what they self-identify as needing. And so you 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 think of those two things and then you start to build out from there, what is the content that they're looking for? What are they actually, what is, what will stop the scroll, right? What will get their attention and then get them to listen to me? And then you can have a call to action to even move further down the funnel, so to speak. So for my people, my people are wanting to quit their jobs and work from home, quite frankly. They're, they're not wanting to work. They're, they're me, right? They're me sitting in the carpeted cubicle. That is my person. And so I speak to that individual and I'm showing them how to be able to get out of that cubicle and different things that would matter to them. So sometimes it's mindset stuff, although I don't call it mindset because nobody thinks mindset is sexy, <laughs> by the mm-hmm. way. But I, I call it other things. I call it what they would call it. So that's like the most important thing. And a lot of, a lot of uh, really brilliant people say this as well. Like you need to speak to them in their own self-talk. Mm-hmm. You have to speak to them in their own language that they use themselves, right? You can't use your own lingo and stuff like that. They, it's not going to affect the same. And so I create for that person, let me see. Today I made a video about, um, how to, how to get your audience today, like how to actually get your audience's attention, get your people's attention today. So the mom that's working, that's in the cubicle, wanting to start this business from home, she's hyper aware that she needs people's attention. She knows she can't just set up a business and then have, you know, everybody at her doorstep. Most people are aware of that. And so that's what the video was about. Well, to be able to move into that video, I gave some gold nuggets and hacks in the video. And then there was an invitation to move down to another, like more intensive training, right? Not super expensive, but a more intensive training. And essentially, and this is typical funnel stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I've deconstructed the funnel. So whenever you look at funnels, like click funnels and stuff like that, it's a constructed funnel. It's a page that goes to another page that goes to another page that goes to another page. I've deconstructed it and made it experiential. And so that is, that's, it's the biggest thing. And so, excuse me. And so you have like top of funnel, you have, you know, this video that is just public. It's on Facebook, it's on LinkedIn, it's on YouTube, it's everywhere. Okay. And so, and the reason it's public is I want for everybody to see it. But then I also want for people to be able to share it. So that's the grassroots thing there. And I even ask people at the very beginning, I gamify the sharing of the video. And so I say one person every week that that, um, subscribes to YouTube, comments on YouTube and shares this video and social media, one person every week that does all of those things, and we have a lot of them that do that, they uh, win something. And so we've gamified just the sharing of it, right? And then I let them know why the sharing is. Well, the sharing is because we need this message to get out into the world. We we need for the people that are sitting in the cubicles and it is not serving them and it is just like draining their life away. We need for them to be able to come back home. And the, the overarching message is that we need families put back together again, quite frankly. That's we're we're seeing a trajectory of what it looks like for families to be disproportionately, you know, parents working a lot, kids with a lot of activity and stuff. And we're really just, uh, there's a, um, there's a separation there that actually is a little bit scary, honestly. Absolutely. It is. And if I can just comment on that for a second, I mean, that's a huge part of what we believe as well, that the family is not only meant to be this unit that is infusing character and values in the kids 
It's forming their identity. It's telling them who they are so that when they step out into this crazy world that tells them, oh, you can't have that. Oh, you're not good enough. Oh, you, you know, all the bad messages that they get. I mean, I have a 10-year-old and a two-year-old. So I'm in the position of realizing the type of craziness that you can hear when they're in the middle school arena. And we don't want that to be the identity of our children as they're moving forward. And ultimately, as you're forming this strong, unified family that has to happen in a shared space. It can't be the kids are here for nine hours a day and parents are here for nine hours a day. You're not even having the together community. A family is not meant to be together just every you know weekend or three hours on a weekend. And so as you're yes. building that culture, then then you have something that you're raising up the children so that as you're creating this beautiful business and this value in serving the world, they're watching that. They're in a position then of being able to say, oh, I can help with that, or I have a unique set of skill sets and and giftings that can contribute to that. You're then giving them this leverage and this tool that as you build in your life, you're going to hand off that business or money or whatever assets to your children someday. You want them to be able to carry that well and to do the most with that and give them the lessons that, that they need to ultimately be successful in whatever the world looks like 30, 40, 50 years from now that we have no idea. It's changing so fast that we need to prepare them for that pivoting in their future. And so as you're talking about the the need to bring families back home, and that is so crucial to mm-hmm. truly having a legacy that lasts. Yeah, absolutely. You are like, you are speaking my heart right now. There are kids in my program that I've got kids writing books. Kids come on to the momentum calls. They're like, hi, Martha with their mom. And like, it's families are doing this whole thing together. But when, when people are listening to this, I want them to think about who are your people, right? So if we're going to deconstruct your funnel, so to speak, who are your people? What do they need to hear? And then you do that publicly and that's going to start bringing them in. And then you need to have a container for them to go to. And that sounds so weird. It's not like a shoebox, but it's like, you know, a Facebook group or um, even uh, Mighty Networks has groups and Circle has groups. And there's all sorts of ways for you to set up a container for your people to then show up in that container as like the authority because they are there for that. Right, your public, um, your public platforms, things like that. They're not all there for that, right? And that's why that's why we have more of a generalized um, stuff that we're sharing in public is because you don't want people to to leave you or leave your public profiles because you're so specific about stuff. They're not all there for that, but you do want to pull the people in that are in your public profile so they can come in. And then once they're in your container, then you can deliver and uh, serve them and give them trainings and help them move the needle on the thing that they want to move the needle on. And then you can really drill down and create these multiple income streams in that space. So that's um, just to, to go full circle with the deconstructed funnel. That's what that looks like for the most part. So all this is done. I think we all believe the three of us on this call, all this is done best in, a, in a authentic uh, delivery or an authentic message. Yes, 100%. So, you know, so a lot of people think they're doing it authentically, and yet um, the mere fact that they think they're doing it or are trying to do it authentically means they're not doing it authentically, which is kind of a weird concept when you think about it. <laughs> so, so how do you reach out to that person to encourage them? And Rachel, actually, I believe she would agree with this. She went through this at the when we first started this, because Rachel wanted everything to be, you know, uh, written out perfectly. And, and so she could, you know, be perfect on the video and so on and so forth. And her husband and I kept encouraging her, you know, to just, just talk Rachel, you know, cause you have a, you have the perfect way of presenting things and it's gotten, now she's just like one of the rock stars in all the industry. And that's why people stop and listen to her all the time. Uh, but do you Chris, have any, you're way too kind. <laughs> but do you have any uh, advice for people to just, you know, stay in their authentic self? Yeah, 
First of all, I will second those uh, comments, Rachel. You are your boss at this. You are fantastic at this. Um, Thank you. What And also, I did that. I, at the very beginning, I thought that I had to be perfect because I saw all of these people out here. It's We all are guilty of this in the beginning. We see other people and we're like, I have to be like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be like that anymore. But whenever I was trying to be like that, I would write my title of what I'm going to talk about. I would have my points and then I would have like even sub points. And man, my note card was just so much writing. And one time I even had scripted, right? So like I had a teleprompter and I was reading a flipping teleprompter. I can't, first of all, I hate teleprompters. <laughs> I can't stand them. I look stilted. It does not work. Yes. Right. I'm either talking too fast or too slow. And then like I get in an argument with my husband because I'm like, speed it up or slow it down. And then it's just, it's a mess, right? And nothing comes out real. Mm-hmm. Nothing comes out because it's your reading. You're reading. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's where I was. So I know that. And I was so frustrated because I was like, if this is what it takes for me to be successful, I don't know that I want it that bad because I don't want to do this. And so what I would suggest for people like to stay in their authenticity is to I when I go live every day, I have a title. I have a title. I know where I'm going. And sometimes if I need to, I'll have a couple points, but really I'll have a title and I'll know my idea. So I even did a public talk the other day, like up on stage and I knew my title and I knew my one word of where I wanted to end up. And then the rest of it just kind of, I was able to make my way there. And that freaks a lot of people out. But here's the thing is what you can do to practice that is you could just go into a free Zoom room, right? You could just go into a Zoom meeting. It's just you. You're talking to yourself, but you're able to practice and get that muscle memory of what it looks like, what it feels like to just be telling a story, to be like, to be explaining things and to be using your hands and to emote and all of that stuff. And eventually after three, five, maybe 10 of those, you're going to feel okay to do it live, or you're going to feel okay to do it in whatever other medium that you want to do it in. Just go ahead and practice with yourself, do that. But that's that the best way, in my opinion, to do that is to just have a title. And if you have to have some sub points, go ahead and have some sub points, but the title is best because then you're kind of I'm just going to say divinely led through where mm-hmm. you need to go. Cause that's, I, I have this, I, I'm a praying woman and every yes. morning my prayer is make me a Moses. Mm-hmm. And that's because Moses stuttered, but he was used. Right. Yes. And, and I don't necessarily always come across the most professional person in the world, but I don't give a rip because whenever I'm, I'm showing up in front of the person that needs to hear it this way. Mm-hmm. And the only way that they're going to hear it this way is if I allow myself to be used. And the only way I can actually be used is if I step out of the way. And so I just stay with the title and I go. That is profound for me directly. And I know probably for people listening as well, it's so interesting how much of myself I found or how much I found myself in your exact story and how much of that same process that I've gone through. And it's really interesting how much Moses resonates with me for multiple reasons, but specifically that as well, that he was like, God, use somebody else. Let anyone else go do this speaking to Pharaoh, this really giant job. And God still used him. And that is definitely something that I have identified with for a long time. And what's really, really interesting is that I would encourage if you are listening right now, Maybe you currently have a business. Maybe you have a business idea. Maybe you are already in motion or maybe you need to start. But whatever that is that you're feeling inside of you, there is a tremendous need for you to step into fully what you are called and created to do and be because you're on this earth for a reason and people have need of what you have to offer. And whether this looks like a business that you start on your own or whether it looks like being a thought leader, there's a huge part of being a thought leader that means you are finding out who your tribe is. You are speaking to 
one person. If Seth Godin said this so beautifully, he said, if you can figure out how to meet just one person, just talk to an audience of one, that one customer, that one client, that one person that you are working to reach, you will resonate more with everybody who also identifies in that same way. Don't try to speak to millions. Don't try to speak to thousands and thousands of people. What happens then is no one feels like you're talking to them. But if I was encouraged at the very, very beginning of doing anything on video and before even the podcast began, just to start recording. And I did. And I started journaling on video to myself. And then we started doing the podcast, or then I had a YouTube channel. Then we went to a podcast platform. And what's just really interesting about that, if you're listening and you have a message that you want to share in whatever space, even if you're in real estate, if you're in running an Airbnb, if you are in a position of starting a, a investment, be in a position of sharing your thoughts. And this is for you in any of those spaces. And as you continue to step into that muscle, as you're talking about that muscle of practicing, being in flow as you're communicating, you're not having to memorize, you're not having to be someone else. You are able to speak directly to the person you're trying to reach. So Martha, we could talk all day. This is fabulous. Um, I agree. (laughs) So we're getting close to the top of the hour here and there's so much more I want to ask you, but before we lose the capability to share, where do people find you? What you have a uh, training that you offer mostly at the forefront. I know you have so much that you're offering to people right now, but what is the most specific thing that you have uh, as an action item to be able to deliver that somebody could grab onto today and say, this is going to make me better at what I do. And it's going to plug them into connecting more with you. Where's that? Oh man. Yeah. Well, I have a book. If you go to marthasbook.com, that's the home-based revolution. So that's going to tell you, it's going to give you a good understanding of what I do, my own story, people that I've worked with, their stories and how things are changing for them. So you can truly see what's happening in this world. So there is that. And then also just my website with martha.com, you're able to see my social media channels there. It's the hub for everything, but that's, those are, those are the two big ones. Awesome. Well, and Martha, you have also the ultimate scaling tool. Did you want to tell us about that? Thank you. Yes. I'm so sorry. I have lots of things. This is great. (laughs) So the ultimate scaling tool is like one of my favorite tools I've ever created. It's, it allows you to be able to, uh, grow based on your own stats. If that makes sense, instead of trying to look at other people's stats and, and what they're telling you to do in order to grow your business, it allows you grow to grow based on your own stuff. So it comes along with the tutorial, but really it's a, uh, a sheet that allows you to look at a social media post, an email you sent out, a text you sent out, whatever. You keep track of those things. And then you're also able to keep track of what they did for you. So how many leads did you get from that specific copy? How many sales did you get from that copy? What were the things, the metrics that you're going to measure on that copy? And then at the end of you know two weeks or something, you're able to look at that and see, okay, I got a lot of sales this one day and the next day. That probably has something to do with copy that I sent out in those two days. Let me look back at that and see what happened those couple of days. And then you can start recreating that same kind of copy. You're also going to notice duds. So you're going to notice copy that isn't really doing anything. So you can start sloughing away the stuff that really isn't working and then optimizing the stuff that is based on your own copy, based on your own posts. So you're only getting better. So that's, that's what that is. And that's it. Are you sharing the link? Yes. I'd love to. Okay. Yeah. It's, I can, I can read it to you, but it's a lot. Okay. So it's, Okay, it's Martha E, that's my middle initial, Martha E. Krejci, and it's K-R-E-J-C-I dot com slash tool. So that's um, that's where you're going to be able to grab that. And again, it's got a video tutorial along with it. Short, super short. Yes, and I love, A, we're going to make sure that we have all the links in the show notes for this episode. So if you didn't catch anything as we were sharing in the verbal and video content, you'll make sure that you can get that in the show notes. What I love specifically about the ultimate scaling tool is that 
I open up the document and I realize that it is all my own stats that I'm able to plug in. It's a tracking tool. And anything that you want to be successful in, you need to be able to track. And it's really amazing to track what you know is coming from you, not just what somebody else is saying is the right answer. And I think if we're all authentic, if we're all listening to that guidance that we have been given ourselves. We don't need to look outside of us for all of the answers. We already have everything that we need. Sometimes we need help to silence all of the voices that are telling us everything that we shouldn't be doing. And sometimes we need help to focus on the right thing. But I think we all have an internal, um, like a GPS that really, if we can find out what that GPS is, we can discover how do we make the best decisions on what we need to be doing? So um, part of that is listening to people who have done it before and and really be able to follow in their footsteps as well. So thank you so much, Martha, for sharing that. Oh, yeah. So Bruce, um, I, I'll save my last question. Do you have anything else that you want to ask before we're at the end here? No, oh, I, I think um, not a question, but just a comment. Um, you know, one of the things I think that I struggle with how our society is going to move forward. I do love the fact that, you know, um, I do believe the family unit has been, dis- you know, destroyed mainly because of, of the devaluation of our dollar, which has caused massive amount of inflation, you know, over the last 50 years or so. And so that a, a decent standard of living cannot be done with one you know, income for the general population. But then I'm also sad for the fact that uh, not everybody has what it takes to be an entrepreneur. Um, And society can't have just a bunch of people that are only uh, doing entrepreneurial things. They also need people that are going to produce those particular products that we consume. So those people aren't going to be able to take advantage of it. So if you have what it takes, you really have to reflect on this idea. And I don't know where you you stand on this, Martha, but uh, Rachel and I do not like the word passive income because that makes it seem like you're not doing anything. Well, you're actually doing something all the time and you worked a long time to actually get to that point. So there's no such thing as passive income in what I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but people use that term all the time. Oh, I'm going to get income w- from not working. No, you actually got income from, you have to maintain that, but you also worked your butt off for years to up to that point. So that's just the kind of thing that you need to reflect it within yourself, whether you do have the kind of mindset ability. And I know that's, I'd like, I'd love to hear what you call things if you don't call it mindset. Um, If you don't have that kind of mindset ability or you don't have the skill set is, is how you can overcome that, you know, to, to actually live the the life and business that you love. Yeah. That's, and, and instead of mindset, all that I say, it's always in whatever I'm talking about, I'll, I'll change up the word and whatever I'm saying. So it'll be specific to, to what I'm actually saying, but I just talk about using our brains. Let's use these things that we have that we do not use at all. Let's use them in a new way. And so that's why mindset, the term itself has just gotten so, ah, like it's so dampened, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's lost its charge. And so what I do now is I say, let's, it's not rewiring your brain, so to speak, but it's, um, although neuroplasticity, right. But it's just working with your brain. Let's make our, let's optimize our brain. Let's get our brain working for us. And so that's, that's how I use it. Mm. But I agree with you. That's awesome. I think there's, there's so much to all of this. Uh, Bruce, I was actually just listening to something the other day as well. That was talking about when we fully step into everything that we're supposed to be doing that frees other people with different skill sets and giftings to do what they truly love doing. And it's interesting to think about that in the space of, well, some people are entrepreneurs and some are not. But what I think is also true is the person I was hearing it from said they love cleaning. They cannot help 
stepping into someone else's house and they're visually and mentally, and they like want to put their hands on everything and actually organize and clean. They like are juiced by doing this. This is their life work. They love doing it. And as we spend more time doing what we're created to do, that frees other people to step into fully what they're created to do. And I think there's a very unique complimenting that happens if we're truly honest instead of trying to do everything else. So I don't know if um, there's something to that, that, that maybe, maybe we all have the ability to expand our capabilities. Mm-hmm. I, my husband and I call it the Star Trek world because they, they didn't make any income and they all, they all did what they love doing. And that's it. We're all, we're all designed to complement each other is my belief. And I, I think that while everybody may not be a Jeff Bezos type of entrepreneur, I think everybody wants more. And if they truly can understand how to be able to do it for themselves, it may look very different than the person next to them. But I think that everybody I think a challenge and an, an opportunity is interesting to everybody, which is why gamifying things work so well. It's an opportunity and a challenge. And so if people can just believe in themselves that they could do something, even if it's a side gig, right? Even if it's affiliate marketing, where it's not something that you have to put yourself front and center for so much, you can still be able to make a little extra money. So then you can free yourself up to do what you love. And what's interesting about that is the world is continuing to expand. And as we each expand, that creates a growing capability and a new opportunity for all of the people around us too. So um, Martha, it's very interesting as we look at your life and as you are willingly sharing what you're doing, that you have people wondering what in the world are you doing? How are you seeing the success? And you know, just as we as we close today, where would you say that starting point is that's created the success that you've had? Yeah. The starting point for me was determining who my people are. So you're speaking to your one person. So I call it bat signal, but it's, it's, you know, your version of yourself in your life that you hit these different walls and you're like, man, if only I knew how to do X, Y, and Z, then I'd be able to get through this thing. Or how am I going to get through this or whatever? We all have many of those walls that we've hit in our lives. And so to determine which of those walls that you've, that you've plowed through, like the Kool-Aid man, right? Which of those walls you've plowed through and then and then how you're going to serve that person. So what they really, really need in that space, like if they were sitting there and thinking, if only I knew how to X, Y, and Z, then I would be able to finally get through this. So to be able to know who that person is, because it's you, it's a version of you in the past, but which version of you are you wanting to serve, right? A lot of people are like, I know it's me before, but I don't know how to figure it out. Well, that's a very linear way to do it. And then and then how you're going to serve that person. Those are the first two things. We can't pass go if we don't know those two things. If we don't know those two things, we by definition are just after the money. If we know these two things, we know who this person is and we love them dearly and we just want to serve them and get them through the thing that they're looking at right now, you're not even leading with the dollars. So by mm-hmm. proxy, you're leading with your heart and your love for this individual, right? And so that, that, that's the very first step. That is so good. Brian Dixon has written a book called Start With Your People. <clears throat> it's the same concept that if you are not focusing on the people that you serve and truly loving them and figuring out how to serve them best, you are just in it for the money. So mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that. So I'm going to say, go to Martha's website, go to, um, I wrote them down here, marthasbook.com. That's going to take you to the home-based revolution. Go to withmartha.com and also go to marthaecrechey.com slash tool. All those links will be in the show notes as well. And Martha, just thank you so much for joining us and spending your time with us on the Money Advantage today and sharing with our tribe. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate this. This has been fantastic. Excellent. Thank you so much. And if you're listening today, please remember success does leave clues. So model the successful few, not the crowd and build a life and business you love. 
Discover the secret of how to earn a return on the same money in two places at the same time so that you can strengthen your investment returns. We've created a free guide for you that explains the top three things every investor needs their privatized banking system to do. Go to themoneyadvantage.com slash banking, put in your name and primary email address, click the send my free guide button right now and we'll see you on the inside. Thank you for listening to the Money Advantage podcast. Today's show notes and resources are available for you on themoneyadvantage.com. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or desire to speak with a qualified financial professional after listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to reach out to us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com or check us out at themoneyadvantage.com. The opinions and views expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation of any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a potential loss of principal. Kalos Capital Incorporated nor Kalos Management Incorporated offer tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax advisor or attorney for advice regarding the impact on your portfolio. Securities offered through Kalos Capital Incorporated member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB, and investment advisory services offered through Kalos Management Incorporated and registered investment advisor, both located at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia. E3 Consultants Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Kalos Capital Incorporated or Kalos Management Incorporated.